Well, all right, here we go on draft day into the live room here on Lockdown Bearcats. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name's Alex Frank, your host of Lockdown Bearcats. And uh, this is Thursday's show. This is a uh, uh, interesting way we're doing it today with the NFL draft. Russ Heltman, my colleague at All Bearcats and Sports Illustrated, going to join me uh, in just a few minutes in our live room to talk about Emory Jones and what the chances are looking like that he is going to be the Bearcats starter in 2023. We're also going to get to Bearcats in the NFL draft, which starts tonight with the first round. And we'll get to CJ Frederick, who is committed to the Cincinnati Bearcats from Kentucky as a transfer earlier this week. So a lot to get to this week, a lot that we've covered already this week. And a shout out to my guests, Zach Fries and Sean McMahon for joining me today or on Wednesday. So yesterday, and uh, what are we? Today is Thursday, April 27th, so we are 128 days away from the first Bearcats game of the regular season. Thursday, September 2nd at historic Nippert Stadium as the Bearcats host the Eastern Kentucky Colonels. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to Russ joining me here in just a matter of minutes, hopefully, and uh, we'll get talking. So Emory Jones... Emory Jones is looking more and more like the starting quarterback for the Bearcats in 2023. I really do think that with Ben Bryant in the transfer portal, I don't think he's going to come back. I think Emory Jones transferred here for a reason. I think the the more I think about it, I think the whole premise is that he is going to be the starting quarterback because of his dual threat abilities, because of his playmaking abilities, because of so many things. Emory Jones is going to be this team's starting quarterback. He fits a Scott Satterfield offense. So what I think this means is that this gives the offense the best chance to have some success in 2023. I think if we look at Evan Prater and Brady Drogosh, I think they benefit too. I think Prater now ends up staying. I think there is a path for him after this season to potentially be finally the starting quarterback in 2024. He can learn under Emory Jones instead of having to compete directly with Ben Bryant. And he may have learned some things from Ben Bryant too, but you also not don't have the double-edged sword of you're learning from this guy, but you're also competing with this guy. So Brady Drogosh doesn't have any pressure on him. We know he's not going to start right away this season. So looking forward to seeing how they fare with Emory Jones as the starter and how they continue to develop. Prater has been here a while. We know that. It's obviously frustrating that he's not where he – uh, maybe you as a fan want him to be, and I'm in that same boat, but there's still some time left for him to be that player who came in as a four-star recruit. Let's get to um let's get to CJ Frederick. I love the I love the transfer pickup. I really do. I think what you're gonna see from, from the Bearcats now with Frederick is you have a three-point shooter on your team. And yeah, he struggled from three last season. But that was also his first season back after an injury uh, wiped out his 2021-22 season. He's played at two Power 5 programs, as Zach mentioned earlier this week. He's played in a lot of tough environments, and now he's going to be able to bring that experience into the Big 12. It's going to be a tough conference for Cincinnati next year. You think about all the environments they're going to be walking into. Kansas State, Kansas, TCU, uh, Texas, and Oklahoma. And with that, we bring in... The driving force behind all Bearcats and Sports Illustrated, that would be none other than Russ Heltman. Russ, it is a uh, very big weekend for um, Cincinnati. 
Yeah, ton of draft pick options on the board for uh, some former Bearcats, and obviously the transfer portals humming for uh, for the current teams. A lot to get to on this Lockdown Bearcats. Should be fun. Let's get it on. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, as we mentioned, lots to get to today. So let's dive right into it. Russ Helbin, my colleague at All Bearcats and Sports Illustrated. I'm Alex Frank, your host each and every day here on Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, I'm going to ask you right off the bat, now that Ben Bryant's in the transfer portal, how sure are you that Emory Jones is going to be the starter? Pretty positive. I mean, I, somebody made a really great point that I totally forgot about when discussing all this over the past couple months. They've already paid Emory Jones. That check's already been written. So uh, that might also be playing a factor in the continuing quarterback battle. I More like a quarterback formality at this point. I think Emory Jones will be the starting quarterback. He will use his final year of eligibility at UC. And the uh, the kind of the, the assumption we all had at the beginning of the process is going to come to fruition, despite Ben Bryant being the better passer throughout the spring. But I do feel like that this that Emory Jones gives the Bearcats offense the best chance of having some success in 2023, Russ. Wouldn't you agree with that, given what Scott Satterfield had at Louisville with Malik Cunningham, given Emory Jones? And I know he had a, a, a bad year running the football last year, but if we look at what he did in 2021, I think that's going to lead to some I think that's going to lead to some success this year running the football for Emory Jones. So wouldn't you agree that this gives the Bearcats offense the best chance at having success? I'm not quite sure, honestly. I don't I don't know that any any quarterback option gives this offense a chance at having definitive success as we wanted to define it. Like, okay. like what is success? 20, 24 points a game, 25 points a game. I think 25 points a game is kind of the median that you're trying to get to here in this offense, in this conference. And yeah, I think Emory Jones gives you a chance to do that, but I think Ben Bryant would have given you a chance to do that as well. So at this point, like there's not really, there wasn't an option in the quarterback room heading into this entire process for me that would have made me think, all right, this gives you a definitive better chance at success offensively than the next guy behind them. And that's just kind of where it stands. And it, it's what happened throughout spring. Like Emory Jones, as we mentioned, as we talked about across three or four different shows, did not pull away in the slightest in this competition. No. Well, and for, for reference, last year the Bearcats averaged 29.2 points per game offensively. So 25 should be an attainable number, especially now with an offensive minded head coach, despite the uncertainties that surround this offense. So what are your expectations for Emory Jones if he is the starting quarterback, Russ? Just keep the ball in the offense's hands. Do yeah. not turn that football over. That's the biggest thing for me in this season. You look at look at him last year, four interceptions in eight games, 13 interceptions in 13 games the year before. And really, he's had he's had trouble turning the ball over in his two seasons where he's gotten definitive, meaningful starting action. It's just been an, it's been a problem for Emory Jones. So if he can take care of the football, not put it on the ground, not put it in harm's way and zone coverage in the middle of the field, which he had trouble, which he had trouble with throughout the spring, then he can get put in some good situations, which I think the staff will do in terms of his rushing ability. They're going to put him in spots to succeed in terms of the formations, in terms of the scheme compared to what he had last year. But taking care of that football and 
taking that check down oftentimes all the way, 100% check down all the way. Like do not get overzealous too far in front of your skis, so to speak, because this defense, Alex, they're going to make enough plays on the other end. I think they're going to cause enough enough turnovers week to week, game to game to keep you at level or right around above water in the turnover battle. And we all know in this sport, if you can win the turnover battle and be on the plus side of that throughout a season, even if you have talent deficiencies, you're going to be winning more games than people. Expect. Yeah, I think you're totally right. I said it earlier this week. You, 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 this is an offense for us that's going to have to squeeze every drip out of the orange that you can, because they're not going to they're not going to be good enough to overcome turnovers like maybe last right. year's offense would have been. Certainly, the offense two years ago. So that's where I'm at with this team. So after this, we're going to get to, and I think this is the most fascinating. We're going to get to what I think is the most fascinating part of Emory Jones being the starter, Russ, and what you think about it. But first, got to explain to our audience in this week's live room how this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by Built Bar. So are you looking for a delicious snack but don't want all of the sugar and calories and you need the best-tasting protein bar ever built? You've got to try this. Built Bars, what makes them so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real dark, real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how they do it. But these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com. But now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can still get your specialty flavors at Built.com. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a 4-bar box of cookies and cream bar double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box that are hit flavors. Brownie batter puff and churro puff. You can thank me later. Hey, thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. For you everyday listeners, tomorrow on the show, we will be talking about one year later, Sauce Gardner being chosen number four overall by the New York Jets and what it's meant for the Bearcats program ever since, plus the whole 2022 draft class for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Nine players selected in the NFL draft. Russ, maybe um, we'll see some names that are still on the roster someday get selected. But I want to ask you what this means if Emory Jones is the starter, which I'm 90% sure he's going to be. But I want to ask you what this means for Brady Drogosh and Evan Prater. Like, how do they... What does this mean for them? How do they benefit, if any, if anything, from Evan uh, Emory Jones being the starter? Well, taking it with uh, the newest Bearcat first, Brady Joe Gosh. I mean, the dude. We talked about the joke that Scott Satterfield made. The dude is an early enrollee, getting a lot of reps that um, 10, 15 years ago, high school seniors wouldn't be getting at this time, at this point in their career. So, I think it's just it's an osmosis type of season. It's an absorption type of twelve months for Brady Joe Gosh to a Focus on the weight room, getting bigger, getting that body filled out, getting that body ready to compete in a wide open quarterback battle next season, which is probably going to involve Drogosh. I would imagine they're he- they're going to sign a headlining three- high three-star, four-star type of quarterback in this 2024 class to come in and compete. Maybe he it's probably not going to be a starter next year, but maybe he's good enough to compete there. And then you get to what will be the other option in the quarterback battle next season. Is it going to be Evan Prater? Is he going to stick around here through 
the rest of his career in UC. Has not entered the transfer portal of the spring. I haven't heard any rumblings. I haven't read anything really anywhere. Nobody's really been saying or thinking that he will enter the transfer portal. So maybe Evan Prater will be a UC Bearcats entire career and not end up playing meaningful starting quarterback football as a Bearcat. That's kind of up to him, and it's especially up to him next season when the door is wide open. He will be the veteran in the room. He will have, in my eyes, every opportunity to take the job if he doesn't improve dramatically over the next couple months and end up being a wild card uh, type of pusher for Emory Jones this fall camp. It's going to be it's it's going to be Evan Prater's job to lose next season, unless obviously the transfer portal comes into play. But that's where it's all on Evan Prater. It was all on Evan Prater going into the offseason last year to improve, to get that arm motion better, to get that throwing more consistent. It didn't happen well enough for him to earn the starting job rightfully because of what we saw at the end of the season. And then the team kind of fell flat on their face and his one big opportunity at home uh, against Tulane to close that season out. So the opportunities are there for Evan Prater. They're there for him to take. We'll see if he can take them despite obviously not getting a real opportunity this spring because of that shoulder injury. Hopefully he can get that fully recovered, get fully healthy over the summer, add a little weight, get a little bit stronger and be the main competition point for Emory Jones in fall camp. I'm sure that's Evan Prater's goal. And to me, I think it's very telling that he's committed this long to the program, but also we haven't seen on the outside. Sure. There's been into internal improvement, but in terms of results, game to game and results on the field, there hasn't been a lot of palpable growth from Evan Prater over the last year. We just haven't seen it. Are we going to see it over the next three to four months? Once we get to camp higher ground in the fall, that's what I'm looking for out of Evan Prater when we look at the outlook for those two guys going over the next year and specifically with Prater the next couple months. But again, it is amazing how Evan Prater is still here. Yeah, he's it, still it, here. I mean, he could, Alex, he could go to whatever, uh, Eastern Michigan, pull where Ben Bryant came from. He could go to yeah. Miami, Ohio, up the road and start probably today. But he has chosen to stick around at, at, at Cincinnati, and it's, it's just an interesting fact. Speaking of Ben Bryant, do you think he was a distraction to Evan Prater in his development? No, I think that I just, there's no distractions in development. You got to keep the blinders on if you're Evan Prater. And I don't think Evan Prater would say that's an excuse. I don't think anybody would ever say he was a distraction just because competition should breed excellence. That's what this program has been built on over the last couple of years. It's what it's definitely been built on in the spring in terms of every position group being up for grabs. Um, in terms of a new offense and defensive system coming in. So, no, I don't I don't think he was a distraction at all. If anything, he should be a contributing force for growth for Evan Prater. Uh, he should be there, which we didn't really see. And we'll see if Evan Prater being there with Emory Jones is a contributing factor for growth over the next few months. All right. So you don't think it was a distraction? Do you think it was a distraction? I'm, what about, what about your end? I, I do. because I, I just feel like here's my thing. When the Bearcats walked off the field at the Cotton Bowl, I think the I think the perception was that Evan Prater was going to be the starter. Yeah. And then Ben Bryant comes in, and, I mean, if you're Evan Prater, I'm going to defend him here. How are you supposed to develop when Ben Bryant is as synonymous with this program as anybody over the last recent years? What is his – And I think – Like, what is his – ties to the program have to do with Evan's own individual game improving though. I don't understand that. Because there was this whole clamoring for him to be the starter in 2018, 2019, and he was still here in 2020. 
and then he goes to Eastern Michigan, then he comes back, and it's like, well, he has all this experience, and Evan Prater doesn't really have any. And then, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, Ben Bryan was so experienced, he was polished, he was, you know, you know, your prototypical quarterback. Now, whether or not you think he was good last year, I mean, Russ, I think we know how we, you know, how we viewed Ben Bryan's season. Good, great, but I mean, if yeah. you're Evan Prater, yeah, you can focus on your development, put the blinders on, like you're mentioning, but there's also this, I see it as, how are you supposed to, you know, stay focused when you know the guy you're competing with, you're competing with him. You can learn from him, but you're also competing with him. And I just felt like that was a distraction. It kind of like set this whole plan for Prater back a little bit. And now that he hasn't improved, it's obviously frustrating for him. It's frustrating for us as fans. And, you know, you don't know what the future holds. But the great thing, again, is that Evan Prater is still here and he has the opportunity to still become a starter, if not this year, unless, God forbid, something happens to Emory Jones, then next year. Yeah, see, to me, it's just if Evan Prater and his development was where he wanted it to be after the college football playoff and where the staff wanted it to be, then they wouldn't have ever called Ben Bryant. They would have never given it a thought. Good point. But, but Evan Prater did not improve enough from August 2021 to January 2022 to warrant going into spring camp with zero competition. And I would agree with the coaching staff. I think you would agree with the coaching staff, given what we saw from Ben Bryant being in the 45 to 60th best quarterback in the country range versus Evan Prater being in the 120th to 130s quarterback starter range last season, just given overall results. So you have to improve on your own. You cannot worry about anything else going on, especially in the sport of college football, where it's what have you done for me lately? And yeah. lately, Evan Prater hasn't done much good for anybody. And that was true coming off the college football playoff, obviously in the practices that the coaches saw in the previous staff. That's been true from what these this current staff saw out of Evan Prater last season and the idea that they brought in Emory Jones right away to be able to be the entrenched starter with one year of eligibility left. They didn't they weren't thinking about starting Evan Prater in my eyes when they brought in and paid Emory Jones to come to Cincinnati from Arizona State. So it's on it's on Prater. And I think he would say that. I think the staff would say that. And I could I can understand a little bit how that would be annoying and it would be a little frustrating to get someone brought in like that, Ben Bryant of that prowess, a guy who used to be at UC brought back in as a transfer. But if you're the staff, if you're a fan, you hope that that lights a big fire under Evan Prater and it makes him improve even faster as opposed to the results we ended up seeing over the past year. Well, that's the hope. That is the hope. Again, we'll take your questions and comments. Uh, if you have any in the chat, um, we're rolling. Uh, up next, C.J. Frederick commits. Russ will we'll, we'll ask you what you think about that. Yep. Just keep – shooters keep shooting. And we'll get to Bearcats in the draft. The NFL draft starts tonight. So looking forward to watching it on ESPN, ABC, NFL Network. I mean, God forbid there's probably some other way you can watch the draft. But uh, we'll get into <laughs> all of that coming up here on Lockdown Bearcats. Russ, a big piece of news from the hardwood earlier this week. C.J. Frederick, a transfer from Kentucky, commits to the University of Cincinnati. What are your thoughts? I think, tepidly, it's a good pickup for the Bearcats. Now, compared to the potential of Aaron Estrada, the, all by all accounts, top 15, top 20 available prospect on the market, 
CAA two-time player of the year, a go-to definitive volume scorer at all three levels of the floor, including the three-point jump shot. To go from that to C.J. Frederick, I think is a little bit disappointing, but C.J. Frederick can be a really impactful player on this team. We just have to see if he can avoid the injury bug that has bit him consistently over the past few years, Alex, whether it's a, sur- a season-ending surgery in 2021, broken uh, – who was it? Uh, Zach Tobler on uh, on the Bearcat Bounce podcast on from Bearcat Journal told the guys that he was dealing with broken ribs throughout the year, playing through that. I mean, that's not going to be easy to deal with, obviously, as a basketball player trying to run around with broken ribs. So it's been a little nick here. I think there was a broken finger at some point, some kind of broken uh, thing near the hand. It's just been – a lot of random injuries, nothing really nagging. It's not like there's been a bulky knee or something that's just consistently bothering him throughout his career. But he hasn't performed at all, Alex, really in the past couple of years. He has not performed at a Big 12 starter level, which is what I expect he will be for this team on day one. I'm expecting to start at that two-guard position. It's an interesting pickup. He was highly sought after. I know the talent is there. He was the reigning three-point percentage leader in the country coming off the 2020 uh, season when he transferred from Iowa to Kentucky over 2019 uh, or from 2019 to 2021, he shot 46.6% from three on right around four attempts per game. So the dude can fill it up from outside. He fills a huge shooting hole left by David DeJulius, Landers Nolly and Jeremiah Davenport. And now you're likely asking Frederick, I would say to contribute 10 to 12 points per game and just kind of get a, a platoon of scoring. That's what I kind of see out of this West Miller, UC Bearcats team in 2023-24. A little bit higher floor of talent across the entire roster and a little bit lower ceiling in my eyes in terms of a lights-out, knockdown score across the roster. I would be kind of surprised if any player averages over 16 points per yeah. game on this team. Now, that's a lot of points, and Landers Nolly was right near there last year, but even 15-plus points would be a little surprising to me just given – how many guys are on this roster now, Alex, and how, in my eyes, over the past couple of weeks, with the exits of Jarrett Hensley, Jeremiah Davenport, and Landers Nolly, and the entries of uh, T.J. Frederick and Jamil Reynolds, has kind of raised the talent floor just a little bit across the entire roster. It's not a home run transfer, the signing of C.J. Frederick, but I'd say it's a solid double. Well, look, I mean, you brought up you know, the comparison to Aaron Estrada, who I think we all wanted. But I, there's Alabama gets him. Well, yeah, but I look at it this way. You get a guy who has spent time at two power five programs. And as someone mentioned to me earlier this week on this show, they, I mean, you, you've played in the big 10 and the sec and there are some tough environments in those conferences. And now you're going to come to the big 12, which is definitely a step up from competition from the sec but at the same time, I, I, I Russ, I've actually seen C.J. Frederick play in person. And this was the Legend Showcase game in 2020. All right. The Bearcats are playing Iowa. Frederick led mm-hmm. Iowa with 21 points in that game. And it's always been for me, if the Bearcats could ever get a player like that, someone who could shoot the ball really well from the outside. And Frederick is one of those guys. And he played integral roles on two really good Iowa teams, including one who was in the top 10 of the AP poll for much of the season back in 2021. They were a two seed. We all remember Luca Garza 
we forget about how integral CJ Frederick was. And the injuries are a concern, yes. I wouldn't be too concerned about him, though. Excuse me. But there you go. Yeah, let's see. He averaged 6.1 points last year, 1.5 assists, 22.2 minutes per game, 31.8% from three on four attempts per game, but was dealing with nagging injuries in terms of that those, uh, those broken ribs that Tobler told the, the Bearcat Journal crew about. And it's just a, it's a tough one to gauge, Alex. It's a tough one to gauge because the talent is there. The, the hierarchy, the pedigree is there. He had offers from all over the country, power five, you name it. They were calling, but just he's one of those cases where it's a, what have you done for what I just talked about? What have you done for me lately? CJ Frederick has done a lot of great things in his career, but he hasn't done a lot of them recently at all. He hasn't done anything recently at all in the past two years, but from 2019 to 20 through 2021 shot 50% from two point range, 46%, 46.6% from deep on 3.4 attempts per game. He's a great cutter. I think he's going to be a great player to use off the ball. He's going to be able to fit well in this motion offense, this kind of up-tempo offense where he can catch the ball off the, off the, uh, off the run in transition and hit transition threes at a rate that, yeah, the Bearcats hit, a, hit some transition threes last season, but you hope that he can be a real kind of galvanizer and lighter fluid effect on that aspect of the game. And he does fit. He fits dramatically and well with this offense, with this system. I think he's a little bit better defender than people uh, give him credit for. He's not super athletic, but can get in the right spots. I think he's going to be able to hopefully transition a little bit better to the system defensively than Kalua Zikpe did last year. That's kind of the worst case scenario for a transfer in terms of just overall numbers impact on the court. Zikpe was a great teammate. He was a great guy to talk to. Was a good addition outside of just what you expected from him overall in the season. But C.J. Frederick going to come in here. He's a hometown guy, so that's cool to see. Going to get the Frederick clan and all them filling up uh, filling up Fifth Third Arena throughout the season. It's going to be interesting. And he does have two years of eligibility, Alex. Has that extra yeah, medical uh, medical year that he can use. And he's a guy that I think can fit the ball well off the bounce. Is a decent passer. It's going to be interesting. Hopefully, knock on wood, C.J. can stay healthy yeah. throughout the entire season. If he stays healthy, I don't see why he shouldn't return to at least a 40% three-point shooter throughout the campaign. I don't know if you can expect him to hit 47% of his threes like he did across a two-year stretch a few years back, but it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see how C.J. Frederick progresses through his time here at Cincinnati. It's a, yeah. it's a solid, not amazing pickup by UC, but they get another pickup nonetheless. Play the results – and the return on investment is bigger than what we than what the reaction has been to C.J. Frederick. So, Russ, obviously tonight the NFL draft starts. The Bearcats have six players who were in the uh, the combine. Where do you see guys like Tyler Scott, Ivan Pace, Trey Tucker, Josh Wiley? Where do you see those guys ending up in this year's uh, NFL draft this weekend? We'll start with the top. I think Tyler Scott. To me, he's a second round talent especially in a down draft a little bit at wide receiver this year. I think he, sh- he should be drafting the second round. Don't know that he will be. I could see him more so being a third-round target, early third-round, late second round for me for Scott. And then Josh Wiley, I would probably think, will go next off the board there. He's a guy that, to me, can sit around a fifth-round, fifth, sixth-round projection, something like that. And this is where I think 
a lot of the a lot of the guys are going to fall. They're mostly going to fall on day three with Josh Wiley there. Also see um, see Ivan Pace Jr. going off the board in the sixth round, something like that. And then uh, Trey Tucker, I could see him actually going ahead of Pace and being it scrunched in between Wiley and Ivan Pace in the fifth round. And then Arquan Bush in the seventh round. I do think he will get drafted. Not a lock to get drafted, but I do think he'll get picked up there in the seventh round and uh, be fighting for a roster spot come the fall. Leonard Taylor, I really feel like he might have wanted to, to to enter the draft last year, given the dearth of talent in the in the tight end rankings last year compared to uh, compared to this season. I think there's just too many tight ends that are draft eligible, draft worthy, and it's going to push Leonard Taylor uh, just into the undrafted free agent range. Interesting. Yeah, I think Leonard Taylor could be a good, yeah, undrafted free agent if he doesn't end up getting drafted. So looking forward to that this week on tomorrow's show, I'm going to do a recap of go ahead, Russ. One more thing, just as we, I'm going to get back to the Frederick thing. One more thing I wanted to note was Wes Miller using one of his biggest mantras to perfection here. CJ Frederick was in the, had you see in his finalist grouping, Alex, two years ago, when he decided to transfer from Iowa to UK, Wes Miller was, obviously very involved in that. He was the new head coach then. And CJ said, and CJ apparently told Tobler um, that it was a really hard call for him to make to Wes Miller to tell him he wasn't going to accept his, um, his transfer offer. And he was going to be going to UK wrap it back around all comes back around two years later, CJ Frederick with even more offers than he had two or three years ago, gets Cincinnati in the fold. He remembers Wes Miller recruiting him, remembers that relationship so that kind of stuff is going to be very crucial throughout this West Miller era in the basketball transfer portal. The fact that West Miller, the type of people person he is, the way he can connect with recruits, even the ones he doesn't get the first time around, they could become transfers at a more developed time later in their career and come to Cincinnati. So I wanted to note that before we got off, got out of here. Sometimes patience is the best virtue. Yes, and it is. especially is the case here. So, uh, tomorrow I've got Russ. I'm going to recap the one year later of Sauce Gardner going number four overall and the impact that that's had on the University of Cincinnati and how not only was it just great to have a Bearcat get drafted number four overall, he checked off three items off his off his goal list last year that I'll explain tomorrow uh, right here on Lockdown Bearcats. But um, I want to I do two things. Um, first, and sadly, Russ, as I'm sure you heard the news, in fact, I know you did because you tweeted about it, um, I, I want to send my my thoughts and prayers and condolences to the family and friends of Jerry Springer. I mean, I mean, there are no words to put in the magnitude of this passing. If you are a Cincinnatian like me, if you're a Cincinnatian like Russ, if you're a Cincinnatian like a lot of my family is, um, you you grew up watching Jerry Springer, and what, whatever you thought about him, you. I think today is just a day to, you know, send all the the thoughts, the prayers and love to Jerry Springer and I'll say even the city of Cincinnati. Yeah, no doubt. Jerry, uh, actually, obviously famous for, I believe he was a longtime news anchor for Channel 5, WLWT. And then obviously the Jerry Springer show, uh, syndicated TV for for years. And he actually, I work at the um, WMKB and WLHS, a, a kind of pop oldie station public station in in Springdale, just outside the city limits. 
And we actually just started a show with Jerry and Gene Galvin, one of his best friends and growing up, they've been buddies throughout life. And we just started a folk hour show on Sundays, 9 to 10 a.m. And unfortunately, Jerry, obviously no longer going to be a part of that show, but we're going to try to keep keep it rolling on in his memory. So uh, just yeah. crazy. We had just started that like three or four months ago. We're really excited about it. Really great to get Jerry back on the airwaves a little bit in some kind of medium. And uh, and I noticed that they mentioned that in the TMZ article that he was doing the uh, the show for us. So shout out to Jerry. He's uh, he's a legend, to say the least, in, uh, in more ways than one. That he is. That he is. Um, and then I'll end on a positive note. Our founder of All Bearcats, James Rapine Russ, is uh, coming yeah, out the of the Bengals book. His first book. Yeah, it's awesome. Entering the Jungle. Yeah, what's uh, do you have the website up right now? I forget what the website is exactly. So, so the it website, might be CincinnatiBengalsBook.com or something like that. It is okay. So let me let me pull it up real quick. Uh, if you haven't seen the news yet, James Rapine, our buddy from Cincinnati Bengals, talk all Bengals and locked on Bengals. Uh, he has published his first book. It is called uh, "Entering the Jungle," and as he tweeted out earlier this morning, uh, if you want to pre-order, go to CincinnatiBengalsBook.com. Uh, the book will be released on September 12th of this year. So that is a week Tuesday. one So right after the first week of the NFL season, how about that? Yeah. Yeah. Right after. Yeah. It does always fall on that weekend. Perfect time to release it. Shout out to James. I'm sure that was, I know that was a lot of hard work. He's been juggling the new newborn, the kid, all that stuff and writing the book and doing the website. Yeah. It's all uh all in motion always added stuff that's what we're trying to do here yes always yes always adding stuff yes always adding stuff we love you james we love you jerry springer and uh we'll end there yeah love it love it should be a fun weekend for bearcats fans Bengals fans nfl draft is here and that portal alex that portal is humming over the next few weeks humming it is humming indeed russ thank you for joining me we'll talk to you soon all right no doubt next thursday will be a lot of fun see you guys Next Thursday will be a lot of fun. Yes, indeed. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We're free and available everywhere you get your podcasts, including right here on YouTube. Back tomorrow, looking at the Bearcats 2022 draft class one year later, particularly Sauce Gardner and Desmond Ritter. That's tomorrow's show. I'm on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's. N-A-T-I, Instagram, Alex Frank, not underscore email, alex 3 frank at gmail.com. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. Oh, we got something in the chat. Bob Jiff. Hello, fellow Bearcat. Do you guys really think Emory Jones' 1,800 yards is better than Ben Bryant 2,800 yards last year? Well, those are your predictions, 1,800 yards passing, which it could be higher. You're not playing against as good of defenses as you did in the SEC West in 2021. Um, as long as he runs the football and doesn't turn the ball over, this offense might have more. This offense, I think, will have more flavor to it than it did last year. So, back on that later today or tomorrow, and so much more throughout the offseason. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Back tomorrow, right here on Lockdown Bearcats.